Welcome to Spiritual Charlotte, a safe space for all who seek. You are joining Kendall Heath and Debbie Chisholm as we journey into the heart of community for an authentic and candid exploration into the light. We are seekers just like you, holding a space for all of us, teachers and students together in community, conversation, and connection. Join us for an hour of heart-centered dialogue and discovery. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Kendall. How are you today? I'm good. We we had some te- technical difficulties. I think we're we're almost four minutes into our show. So, um, but hopefully everybody can hear us. If you can hear us, please chat with us on Blog Talk Radio and let us know that you can hear us live this morning from Lighthouse Spiritual Center in Mooresville, North Carolina, which is our home base. Uh, the Spiritual Charlotte podcast on its 53rd episode, although, uh, what is that, a year and a half, about, well, or I mean, two years? Well, weekly, if it's a weekly show, that's 52 weeks, so right at a year. Well, you, as you know, we've never done a, we've never been on schedule, so I think, I think it's like a year and a half, but anyway, this morning, um, you know, we decided to put together uh, kind of an impromptu show that we've been talking about doing for a while on light language. Um, light language is something that Debbie and I work with, and um, it's something that we're taking out into the community more. Uh, it comes directly through Debbie, and as we've had this experience with light language, um, we've just learned that more and more people are um, experiencing this phenomenon, and so. Before we get rolling into that conversation, I think that we'll make just a couple announcements this morning about what's going on at Lighthouse Spiritual Center, which is where we are every day, and um, we'll get that out of the way, and then we'll move into a pretty intriguing show for anybody who has experience um, with light language or has heard about it. But Debbie, what's happening on our home turf? So... um Here's just a couple things that are coming up. Uh, This Saturday, we have a vision board workshop with Terry Carver. She's a life coach that offices here out of um, Lighthouse. And um, it's a four-hour workshop that will kind of help you light your life up and help you create in order to manifest um, the life that you want this year. Um, That's on the 27th, Saturday the 27th. Um, Next week, Wednesday the 31st, begins a book study with Laura Mock, and she's doing um, the sixth part series on A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. So if you've been interested in A Course in Miracles but a little overwhelmed with the content of the material, the length of commitment to that study of that material, um, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson is, I'm going to call it cliff notes or crib notes, <laughs> kind of a, her perspective on um, those teachings. And so Laura Mark's going to lead a, a six-part series in that. Um, next Thursday, February 1st, we begin a Mindful Living series with uh, Mimi Sherman, and that's a four-week series, so that's for the month of February, um, every Thursday night, and this is a series to help you learn how to bring mindfulness into your everyday practice. Saturday, February 3rd, we have two events coming up. We have Art Journaling with Maureen Nadeau, and uh, Kendall, you took this class. Uh, last time it was offered in January, and you just had nothing but wonderful things to say about it. I can't say enough about it. It's, it's, she calls it whole self art journaling, and I'm telling you, it was a it was a little awakening for me. So 
Yeah, so if you're looking for another way to maybe express yourself or learn more about yourself and express it through the medium of art, you don't have to have any experience. She guides you through this whole process. And um, I think she's probably a really natural teacher because this is this is her love. This is what she does. She's mm-hmm. an artist. Mm-hmm. And then also on Saturday the 3rd, later in the afternoon, um, uh, local psychologist Damon Silas, uh, he's going to have a workshop on EFT tapping for anxiety and pain. And tapping is um, a way to actually physically tap on the body, on the meridians of the body, um, and combining that with um, conscious uh, connection with maybe what you're ang- anxious about or have pain with, and it helps calm the body, helps calm the central nervous system. It helps actually create clarity, and bring awareness. Um, so if you're remotely interested in EFT tapping or have heard about it and want to learn a little bit more, um, Damon is uh, a lot of fun to be around, and he's very um, well-versed in what he does. So he, I think, will bring um, a beautiful aspect to this particular teaching. I'm going to be tap, tap, tapping everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just tapping all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the last event that I just wanted to talk about was on February 7. Um, we have an intuitive eating class with Rebecca Doerr. She is an integrated nutritionist at Lighthouse, uh, that offices here out of Lighthouse as well. Her business is Mindful Family Wellness. She's also a doula. But she is going to lead this class or this workshop on um, how to how to be in self love with your body and the relationship you have with food. Awesome, yeah. yeah. That's that's part of the that's part of the whole theme of February, right? Yeah, a return to love of mm-hmm. self, of of life, of all of it, right? Exactly, exactly. So there are more things on the calendar for February, but um, we'll just start with that, and we will promote the rest of the events later on the next show, and or you can go to our website and see a full list of the things that are happening. And our awesome. website is lighthousespiritualcenter.com. Absolutely. Also, Spiritual Charlotte, which is our labor of love, is at spiritualcharlotte.com. And uh, if you know anybody that would be good for this show, that would be an awesome guest for us who works in the spiritual and healing field, um, somebody who uh, might work with a particular tradition or religion, um, you know, a lot of avenues we can take with our guests. And so we would love to um, have you send them to the Spiritual Charlotte podcast, or if that's you, um, spiritualcharlotte.com. There's a form there you can fill out, and we can um, see if you are a good fit for the show, and most likely you are. So um, what we are talking about today, though, is light language and Debbie, uh, we have quite a story around this subject. Yeah, that's a perfect place to start, too, is really how we came to it or it came to us. Yes. Right. So do you want to talk about how it came to you, or do you want me to tell my usual story? What what works for you? Well, morning? let's start with how it came to me, and then yeah. that kind of leads into okay. how, what your experience is or was with it. So um, I actually had a reading with an intuitive, um, not for the purposes of light language. Light language was not on my radar at this point, consciously. And I had a reading, and amongst other things that she shared with me, she actually said your um, your star family here, your cosmic family is here, and they um, want to know if you want to hear your language. And so being of a very um, 
Western mind at the time and concrete mind. I was like, well, yeah, I paid good money for this session. I want to hear everything that you have to share with me, everything that's coming through. So she shared with me. And the sounds that came out of this lady's mouth took me back to my childhood, took me back to when I was three, four, five years old, and the memories of the fact that I used to speak, I used to make these sounds, I used to speak this. And it was like the world stopped for me when I heard it coming out of her mouth because I hadn't heard it in all that time because I never perpetuated that language. I never perpetuated those sounds. I never shared them in public. I didn't share them with other people. There were things that, you know, when I was playing dress up by myself or playing with Barbies or the things that you do as a, a little child, that is when that language would come through for me. But um, I think growing up, I had always just kind of understood it to be I was speaking fake Chinese when I would try and rationalize what that was. Not that it was a big concern or a big topic in my brain, but that's just kind of the, how I segmented what that experience was for me. But into adulthood, um, I, it, it didn't make sense. How was I speaking fake, fake Chinese? What was I mimicking? Because in the environment that I grew up in, it was not a very diverse cultural setting. So I was not exposed to it. In church, I wasn't exposed to the Chinese language on the TV. I wasn't exposed to it at school. Um, it was nowhere in my immediate community. Um, so that kind of didn't make any sense, but I didn't know how to resolve that. So it just, you know, just kind of sat there in the corner and got forgotten about. And so after um, this, this sharing with me and it, it reignited that remembrance, you know, I was actually guided to... Um, begin sharing this and begin allowing it to flow again, um, that it was safe for me to allow it to flow, and that basically was what I was told to do. So, so um, at that point, I was um, very deep into my meditation practice, and um, the light language began flowing, uh, and it just it kept coming and kept coming and kept coming, and I got my own little tablet out, and I was trying to video record and audio record because I wanted to listen to it. I wanted to um, not be, like, in first-person experience with it. I wanted to be in second-person experience with it. And um, because there were hand gestures that came along with it, there were facial expressions, there were intonations that came along with it, it's a whole host of things. And so in part of that exploration process, um, I wanted to understand more. And the only thing that really um, was predominant for me in that period was that you need to share this with Kendall. You need to share this with Kendall. And so this is where the other part of the story comes in, is that I, I know that there were several times, and our friendship was relatively new at this time, and we, we, had, a, we had an understanding that we both had um, this, this, uh, this knowing um, of our paths and that it was a spiritual path. But we could have conversations about it, but we really hadn't talked about light language. That was not part of our conversation at all. And so I would say to you, I'm being told to share this with you, and you knew about the reading that I'd had because I'd shared that with you, but it just could never went anywhere, that part of the conversation. So I know that I shared this with you several times. It was kind of like tapping you on the shoulder because they were tapping me on the shoulder. I'm supposed to share this with you, Kendall. I'm supposed to share this with you. And, you know, for whatever reason, and I'll let you share your reasons, um, it, the situation didn't 
allow itself to um, for me to share with you, um, whether it's because you energetically were closing that door and you kind of were like, my understanding is that it was kind of like, ah, I'm open, Debbie, but I don't know how open I am. <laughs> that seems a little out there. And I think I've heard you say that you thought I was, you know, kind of losing my losing my marbles at that point. Like, okay, she's like, not so. I don't really know her. I know her, but I don't really know her. And I have this connection with her. But at the same time, hmm, this might be a little over the edge, and I'm not so sure about this. So finally you acquiesced. I mean, it, it, it took many times to be, you know, basically tapping you on the shoulder with, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do this. And maybe it just took our relationship getting to a point where you trusted me a little bit more and trusted where my guidance was coming from. So you finally said, okay, okay, okay. So we sat down in my Reiki studio um, and, and we sat in two chairs opposite each other. You picked up this giant pillow <laughs> that like three children could sit on. It was the biggest pillow in the room. <laughs> And you actually hugged it. You put it in front of you, in front of your body, in front of your face. And um, you said to me, you said, I have no idea how I'm going to react to this. And I don't want to laugh at you because I don't know how crazy this is going to sound. I don't know what's going to happen. And you literally were protecting yourself, right? You were just kind of putting up this shield like, okay, I'm begrudgingly listening to this. <laughs> and being the... Um, the compassionate and loving person that you are, you didn't want to hurt my feelings with what your reaction was. <laughs> and so we began. Yeah, yeah. And I remember just <clears throat> sharing just a little bit because then I wanted to, and I had my eyes closed because I was kind of afraid of what your reaction was going to be too because I hadn't shared with anybody at this point, not even my husband. So I was afraid too. So, I mean, there's just a definite point in time where this was just kind of kind of out there for both of us and I was I was functioning on blind faith um but your feedback was obviously important to me and to us and to this process Mm -hmm. right so after I just shared just a little bit you pulled that pillow away from your face and you had tears streaming down your face which floored me yeah, heard me. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of head nodding. By the way, I know everybody's <laughs> like, "She's awfully quiet." <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think that um, when you when we talk about the spiritual world and the metaphysical world, and also, I think I have really amazing coffee breath this morning. I just want to <laughs> put it out there. I'm not smelling it. It's oh, okay. good, wonderful. Um, but I think when we uh, talk about spiritual and metaphysical world, that I've seen a lot of people go down, um, go down like a, a hole of a certain specific area of focus in that world. That that from the outside, what I see is that they just literally pigeonhole themselves in all that is available, all that is possible, and so. Um, I think that my worry was, oh, God, this light language thing, Debbie's going to fall down this pigeonhole that I've seen other people fall down. So I was like, that was where the, the like, okay, I'm not sure if I want to go there. Because um, in my history, I've been with people. I've been with people who 
not only did I see him fall down that metaphysical spiritual pigeonhole where where they made everything really small and narrow, but I saw them come back out of it, and so I saw it, I saw the phase, right? The phase where they were a hundred thousand percent sold on something, and then they and then they came back out of it and kind of like kind of like shook their head and was like, oh oh well, you know. And I realized, oh well, that was that was a phase, you know. So I think that it was just like a discretionary measure. And also, um, but having said that, you know, spirituality and what's possible there to me is endless. And so even with my goofy reaction, because part of it was just um, humor, (laughs) part of it is just, uh, you know, how I navigate some things with, with a sense of humor about life. But the other part of it was um, oh, very open to knowing that these things happen. These things are possible. You know, believing, believing that there's so much that we don't know about yet. And, and when we are exposed to it, we have to be open enough to see that, that the world is ever evolving in our experience of consciousness and what that looks like and how that comes through and, and, that veil between the, the two sides of the world just constantly is merging in new ways mm-hmm. and thinning in new ways. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so there's some of that too. And, um, and so I think that's a healthy way to approach most things, you know, is to stay open, but be discretionary and find out how you viscerally experience the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's a funny story to tell, but it's also, um, there was a whole lot of openness there. There really was, mm-hmm. you know, to um, just allow this new experience to unfold, even though it was like new territory. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, you know, um, you're pretty good about, you know, being pretty adamant. <laughs> like, like, like if, if you didn't hear me the first time, we'll talk about it second, third, and fourth until we drive the point home. So, you know, it was some of that. It was like a nurturing. Like you were just nurturing me, like trying to get me there. But, um, but so that's our, that's our personal story about, about the beginnings of light language. And then we started meditating together mm-hmm. and um, feeling that um, we should keep sharing the language and meditating together. And I think you were getting some messaging regarding that. And then it was only a few sessions in where, uh, where I said to you, Debbie, I am getting a sense that I can translate this language. And so literally I was like, I need a piece of paper, you know, and it was like this free flow writing that was coming through. And, I think at the time there it was sort of um, um, you know unsure, like where is this coming from? Is this coming from a part of my brain? Where is this coming from is this Is this truly what the translation is? And we just kept working and working and working, and slowly, as we did that, it was like a portal opened for me where I understood that there was there was actually like a part of my brain that was taking in channeling the language with you mm-hmm. for the purpose of translation. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, now being a year and a half out or two years out from that, um, I now understand it as one aspect of my intuitive medium gifts that I'm able to do this with you. But mm-hmm. I think at one point what was said to us was, 
um, you guys speak the same spiritual dialect. Mm -hmm. And because you do that, you're able to work together with this language. Mm -hmm. And so that was a real interesting term that we got um, regarding the language. And so, and I know at one point there was um, certainly a question and a frustration there. It was for you because it was like all of a sudden the channeling of the language was now in some way tied to another human being Mm -hmm. regarding translation. And, of course, you're like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. what was your process through this, the translation aspect of this? Because you kind of went through a little bit of a, like, hold up. Well, I think there's, and here's the thing, in any relationship, there are stages of um, shifting. And so even today still, you and I in our relationship, we're in these stages of shifting of understanding and, um, and understanding how we each bring a part to the whole and how even though our individual work stands on its own, that there is work with it together also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, over time, understanding for me the energetic value of the language because that is that is my work um, is is the energetic conversation, and I, I'm literally a, a an energy channel, a light channel, an energy channel. So um, whether that's Reiki or other forms of hands-on healing, language is is one of those things as well. So it 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 took us a while to learn that that there are values in both parts mhm mm-hmm. there's value in them individually and there's value in them together mm-hmm. and we're still learning and understanding how to walk that forward too mm-hmm. because there's a deep a deep understanding that part of our mission is to bring this forward and to share it with as many people as we can yeah and and i don't say that i know that it wasn't a frustration over mm-hmm. Because the messaging that came through was so luminous and brilliant. I mean, it it could never be, like, of my brain. Mm-hmm. Although uh, I think it's, it comes through in a way that I'm able to hear it and give it out in a way that I hear it. But, but I think that, like you said, that it is a dance. But when you look across a person's life, like you said, like I'm literally an energy channel mm-hmm. in all ways. Mm-hmm the way you hold space, the way you treat people with hands-on healing, that modus operandi is like the same for you throughout. Mm -hmm. And for me, the same throughout has to do with um, verbal verbal dialogue, ministering verbally, Mm -hmm. language, um, Mm -hmm. even in my marketing career Mm -hmm. that I had before the end of prior life. It's like all of it has to do with, with, translating ideas or translating concepts um, into something understandable. Mm-hmm. So when you look across those paths and you're like, well, of course that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when did you know, though, that this was light language? Like, how, like it was as soon after you did the reading with your... Yeah, the, the reader, she told me. She, she said, said this is light she language. She said after she spoke it, and then I said to her, I said, I used to do that. I used to speak that as a child. She said, you, you were speaking light language as a child. And that's how it got identified for me and labeled that way. And then that, you know, sent me on the, 
Google is my friend. So, okay, what is light language? And I began to look to see what was out there in terms of understanding a little bit more. Um, and what did you find? When you went out, did you find, I mean, obviously you found that, oh, my gosh, there's people all over the world that are seeking this. Mm -hmm. But what were you seeing when you were looking at it? So um, one of the, um, I'm going to say the preemptive people talking about light language is Jamie Price. And I read her book. I listened to her on Beyond the Ordinary Show, um, which is a podcast or web-based radio show. Um, she has YouTube videos out there. She has a um, beautiful website. And so I really I trusted her. I trusted her work with it and how she came to it. And, um, and it helped me get more comfortable in what was happening. Um, and this is, helping, this is kind of like a squirrel right now, but I'm shifting back to the conversation we started a little while ago about um, my, where my uh, discomfort was with um, the translation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. there, there was a definite point where I was kind of like, wait a minute. This is coming through. I, how come I don't understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, and there was a little bit of frustration with that. And, you know, one of the things that came through, through the language, through your translation, was that in order for me to be a clear channel, I had to stay out of the brain. I had to stay out of the mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, any of my own personal perspectives or anything that I personally, as a human being in the flesh, are bringing to the table. So in order to be a clear channel for the messaging to come through, for the energy to come through, it's not for me to know that way. That's not my part of this equation. Um, and, yet, and yet, on the same token, I mean, some things that we do um, understand about light language is that it doesn't need to be for, for most of the people receiving it or speaking it, it doesn't need to be a cognitive experience. Correct. Because its very nature is um, such a high vibrating, um, illumined language that just to be in the presence of it mm -hmm. is uh, reality altering or um, energy altering, mm -hmm. just to be in the presence of it can be an activator. Right. Well, okay, so let's talk about some definitions. Let's talk about activations. Let's talk about attunement. Let's talk about, you know, there are, there are words that if you're in this community or follow this community, there you know, DNA activations, light activations, this kind of terminology. And so an activation um, or an attunement is tuning you in to a higher vibration that is more harmonious with you as a divine being. Mm -hmm. So, so um, on an energetic, in an energetic conversation, when you put yourself into places where the energy is of a higher vibration, what happens? Number one, you feel better. Plain and simple. And when you feel better, you are feeling more like your true self. So, I mean, this can be a very simple conversation if you don't even want to talk about energy and light language and Reiki and these kinds of things. If you want to talk about energy from the perspective of, um, for instance, walking into a crowded store, Walmart, Food Lion, pick a store that's got lots of people and lots of things happening in it. 
For a lot of people, that can be very uncomfortable. Or walking into a boardroom, if you're in corporate America, walking into a boardroom where people are fighting or, have, um, or um, a house where people have argued. You can walk into that space and energetically feel one thing. Whereas walking into a space, walking outside, or walking into a space where there's love in that environment, or walking into a space where there has not been any discourse. Yeah. The feeling is different. Yeah. The energy resonation is different. So on human level, we have the potential to to vibrate higher, mm-hmm. but in general, there can be many lower vibrations going on. And so when you're in the presence of something that is sacred or um, or enlightened or um, from a place of just higher vibration, mm-hmm. whether that's that you're in the presence of a guru who is considered an enlightened being or mm-hmm. um, you've gone to some spiritual community that holds the space in a way where there's just healing and love mm-hmm. present everywhere, light language has that same vibration. And so people who come into that often experience experience an acceleration of their energy body, an acceleration of their um, awakening process, Mm -hmm. because it's like almost like getting a hit, getting like a hit of something that you can't otherwise get on a daily basis. Right. So it's, it's a bridge, it's a connector. And so the languaging that I was specifically given, and, and I want to preface this conversation with that this is about what we understand about light language, what we understand about my channel and the information we receive. We're not necessarily speaking about other forms of light language because there are lots of different people speaking light language, um, and not all light language even sounds the same. And really we can only speak about what we know Mm because we haven't been in community with those people. And we have done really intensive studies. I mean, you and I together have done these 40-day meditation periods have um, a volume of work that is the translations and experiences that we've had that um, is totally unique, I believe, to our experience, mm-hmm. although it would not surprise me if as we go into community with other people, there's just a lot of similarity and a lot of resonance mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's the same as anything else. You can have spiritual phenomenon going on in a village in Africa and also happening in North Carolina mm-hmm. and science can't really explain how these two cultures are having the same thing happen. So, right. right. But I do want to, I do want to keep moving through those definitions you're talking about. Yeah. I wanted to go back to like, um, just the term ascension. So for me personally, that word was kind of a, a woo woo. That's the way out there word. And what are we talking about here? And so over the course of time, I mean, my understanding has come to the place where ascension is, it's a process. And as um, from, again, from the energetic perspective, because that's the lens that I see things through, that as you, as you uh, continue to put yourself into higher vibrational frequency places and you begin to feel better, you um, uncover additional layers or new layers of remembering who you are. So you get closer to the fullness of who you are at that higher vibration, you become um, more in tune. So, so like when you tune a guitar, um, you tune a guitar to, um, to uh, harmonize the flats and the sharps. You're creating harmony in that instrument. Well, your physical body 
is an instrument. And, and every time you um, attune with frequency, you are harmonizing your own energy field. And that, every time that happens, it creates, creates a space for new awareness, new understanding, new remembrances and resourcing of who you are as a divine light spark. Um, and fill in your own languaging here because I mean, there's, a, there's a, a broad range of languaging to talk about this. But that's the ascension. The ascension is that those intermittent steps to the true knowing of who you are as a soul, mm-hmm. right? As mm-hmm. um, a soul in a fleshy physical body here on the planet right now. I think of it kind of as like in psychology where they talk about creating new neurological pathways or tapping into new neurological pathways. Mm-hmm. I think of it as ascension being where you've worked with your energy field and your awareness to a point that there are new pathways that are, that are tapped into mm-hmm. that were always present and available for you, mm-hmm. but you had to reach a certain point of, of consciousness mm-hmm. um, and sort of energetic embodiment mm-hmm. in order to begin to utilize them. And that's the awakening. Yeah. And so um, what's another definition? that we, when we talk about light language, that some of the things that are happening? Um, well, I talked about attunement. We talked about ascension and activation. So these are some other terms that were kind of confusing for me or kind of like the DNA activation, hearing that quite a bit. Um, and there's conversation around spiritual DNA, which is how I look at it. Um, Activating that spiritual body, activating the rainbow body, activating the light body. Um, these terms all refer, in my, in my perspective, to the chakras. You're activating um, the inherent divine nature of your being. Um, you are flipping a light switch, turning it on. So the teaching um, in very simple languaging for how light language works is that it's the heart light activation to ignite soul memory. And a lot of people verbally have said from their experiences with us that they've experienced that sensation of their heart opening. Mm -hmm. I mean, the feedback that we get without giving all of this language out in sessions Mm -hmm. is so affirming because Mm -hmm. people are, they're feeling those sensations. The tears are flowing. They are um, experiencing a level of connection that they haven't found in some other avenues. And this is one of the avenues, right? One of the avenues to make this type of bridge Mm -hmm. or connection. And so um, one of the things that you just talked about with DNA activation is I think about, you know, this whole life is, is really just a mirror, you know, like a dream state of a truer reality or a reality that is, um, has less fog in the mirror. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something that has more clarity than this. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we have DNA here mm-hmm. and that there's just a universe of science that is around DNA in the physical body, mm-hmm. it only makes sense to me that spiritual DNA is the perfect mirror of that in our physical mm-hmm. And we've even seen, we've even seen in some of our um, light language experiences together, have seen a, like a DNA um, helix yeah. being expressed in a spiritual way. And so 
That's major, I think. It is major. Yeah. Well, and that's the heart light activation. You know, the heart is the center of the physical body. It's the center of the spiritual spine. It's in the center. It is connecting higher awareness mm-hmm. with grounded application. So when you um, activate that heart light, you empower yourself to be fully embodied as a soul in this body and knowing, having conscious knowing of your divinity and what all that means. Yeah. And so, um, you know, in the Hindu tradition, they talk about the lotuses, the lotus, right? So the blossoming of the lotus, so petal, petal after petal after petal. It's not just like one flip of a light switch and it's all there. Um, I shouldn't say that. I mean, for some people it could be. depends on where you are in your journey, right? So, but, again, the more you put yourself into higher mm-hmm. vibrational um, experiences, whether it's light language or something else, because light language, like you said, is just one of many tools that can take us there. Mm-hmm. Um, in doing so, you continue to kind of uh, feed that flower. You feed that blossoming. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's people who um, – so. One of the things I think is so important on this path is that you have to use discretion because if you go into an experience, let's say you go somewhere and someone says that they're offering light language. If you go into that experience, notice how you feel. If you feel that your energy lowers, your vibration lowers, you feel something in the pit of your stomach, something that doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You have to always follow those cues because you're trusting in the channel and gifts of somebody else mm-hmm. to be of high integrity, to be pure. Mm-hmm. You're going to receive something that you don't necessarily have access to yet on your own. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine that as light language comes forward in the world, that there are people who, just like any other thing in spirituality, are not using it in that way, right? They're not, mm-hmm. or, or perhaps that's not really what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to mention that. I also think that um, that light language is not going to necessarily resonate with everybody, depending on where they are on their path. But it is true light language. Um, I think the discernment is the feeling that you get when you're in the presence of it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel your vibration raising? Do you feel your heart opening? Do you sense the presence of love and light all around you? Because that's the purpose of this language mm-hmm. is it acts as, as to me as an avatar mm-hmm. for all of us to, to be able to ascend in our consciousness. Mm-hmm. And ascension is always going to be of love and light. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be something that has um, fearful messaging in it. No, it's never going to make you feel badly. No, no. Now, now, do some spiritual experiences, do they affect your energy field in a way where, you know, you can have na- na- like something like nausea or um, you can feel lightheaded? Mm-hmm. Yes, because there's a lot happening in the energy field in that moment. Right. Well, and the understanding there is that um, it takes a while for the physical body to catch up with the energetic body. Yeah. So something can be happening on one level, and it, it can take a while for an adjustment for that attunement. Yeah actually integrate itself with your physical being. Exactly. Yeah. 
So what else is important to know, or that we have learned anyway, um, about this language? Are there any other definitions that, are, that we're often using um, when we talk about it? Um, well, you know, I know we talk about the Christ diamond light um, that's come through in my work with clients and that's come through in light language. And um, there's a knowing for us that um, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, and Yeshua, Jesus, are very much a part of the work that you and I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Christ diamond light doesn't even necessarily refer to Jesus, the Christ, but it refers to um, Christ consciousness. Christ diamond light refers to Christ consciousness. And that is, um, Christ actually means anointed. Um, and so um, Jesus was the Christ of Nazareth. Only later did he become known as the Christ. But there can be many avatars and light beings that are and can be considered Christ. Um, um, yeah, and I think that Christ consciousness very much is, we know that that's part of our work here, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it very much is about the principles of love and light, mm-hmm. period. I think it very much is about um, some of the things that we see embodied in saints and enlightened beings across the world, Mm -hmm. they have these things in common, Mm -hmm. the stillness and the knowing that they bring to people, the, um, the healing that comes with their presence, the um, absolute center of love and compassion. Mm -hmm. And all those are really high vibrating values. Mm -hmm. And so Christ consciousness so much is about that Christ that is within you, Mm that the same opportunity is available for you to realize within yourself that is within these, these enlightened beings, mm-hmm. that the energy is one and the same. Mm-hmm. It's a oneness. Mm-hmm. And so in light language, when we talk about Christ consciousness, we're talking about the one life force mm-hmm. that is within all of us, mm-hmm. and we have the opportunity to know that on very intimate levels mm-hmm. from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And the languaging with the diamond light, the Christ diamond light, I mean, that refers to the reflection that each one of us is a facet of that diamond, um, of that pure, that purity and that love, that clarity. And so as we, it's mirrored to us and we mirror it back and we mirror it to others. And as, um, as we allow ourselves to shine, for our truest selves, that light bounces and reflects onto everyone else. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do we how do we know if, um, if this is different from say tongues? What do we what do we understand about that? There's a couple things about tongues. So um, one of the things that I have learned about tongues is that, or I'll say it this way. Um, is that it is a charismatic gift in the Pentecostal um, denomination in, in Christianity. And um, this one particular minister that I, because I was curious too, you know, we were like, all right, is this tongues? What is this? Because that was the only frame of reference you and I originally had 
remotely to compare something, right, that, that was in our um, knowledge base. And um, what this particular preacher was talking about, he's a Pentecostal preacher, and he was saying that speaking in tongues was your actual language to speak back to Christ or to God, to speak your prayers to God and to Jesus in the native tongue. Um, so tongues is, is associated with specific religion and dogma, and light language is not. Light language is universal, and like light, light language, you, it doesn't matter what perspective or background you are coming from. It is available to you. It is available to you to receive. Which I think is the main difference. I mean, and, and not to disvalue tongues. Right. I mean, right. tongues um, obviously is something that's happening there that mm-hmm. is um, vital to those who it's happening with. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I think is beautiful about the light language translations that we receive is the number of different manifestations that come through because we can see that, mm-hmm. you know, see that, not only translation, but actually see that um, in the channeling. Sometimes what manifestation is coming through to take precedence. So we have seen councils come through. We have seen um, figures that are well-known on earth, you know, Kuan Yin being an example. Mm-hmm. We have seen native tribal groups come through um, that are obviously councils that are, you know, across the veil or across plains. We have seen, um, it seems to be just a number of beings on the other side that are working to, like, with us regarding this language. And I think that another gorgeous thing is that the translations have a lot of symbolism and metaphor. Um, It almost reminds me of how Jesus taught you know, there's a lot of symbolism and metaphor and sometimes parable, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is used with nature. Mm-hmm. So they will teach something, but they'll use um, this beautiful earth mm-hmm. and conversations regarding plants and animals and the energies, all the energy species that live here to teach something. And so I find that to be so um what a gift, because it's like they're meeting us where we're at. Well, I heard some uh, terminology the other day, and it talked about Earth as the cosmic womb, which was just beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so talking about the universe, universe, universality? <laughs> universality? <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> universality? Yeah, no, I know. It's obviously not the word, but I'm like, okay, what am I trying to say here? Um, and it's not universalness. How about universal nature of? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> light language, universal nature of light language. Um, I've learned that um, through study, it's kind of been confirmed through study, um, but learned through direct teaching first and then through backup study because um, sometimes you just want a little more information, right? Um, that there are there are um, five different languages that are seed sounds that are coming through my channel, and not everyone's light language sounds the same. And I'm, we're beginning to have an understanding of why that is, and why this particular channel, my channel, sounds the way it does. 
So the seed sounds that come through my channel are the sounds of um, the seed syllables that have seeded the language on the planet, that have seeded the mother tongue on the planet, that have created language on the planet. Um, and we're going to get into a conversation a little bit, I think, about cosmology, you know, and going this direction. But um, so anyone listening to the channel, listening to my channel, may hear all of these sounds, may only hear one or two of these sounds and identify them as such, as, as some recollection. And the understanding is why those particular things are coming through the channel and why we are bringing this forward, one of the reasons, is that it's like a uniting of nations. So we've had this conversation, Kendall, where just as we have nations here on this earth, that there are nations in the cosmos. And it is from these nations that have um, seeded the planet, that, have, that are, have helped guide the planet, that are continuing to help guide the planet, help us come back to the oneness, to help us come back to these higher teachings, to come back to the healing places of our hearts. And, um, and that can be a little scary for some people, talking about, you know, all of a sudden now we're talking about sci-fi, we're talking about other planets. Yeah, we're, we're in Star Wars at that point. Right, we're talking about <laughs> yeah. aliens, yeah. we're talking about all these, um, yeah, yeah, we're talking about Star Trek and Star Wars. But, you know, Hollywood has so just warped that to be just so fantastical. You know what I'm saying? Not, I think it is fantastical. I think it's beyond even a smidge of our comprehension. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that, that, you know, if you think about, look, we came from somewhere mm-hmm. before we were in flesh. And, and just the fact that we did just kind of makes that not quite as weird. I mean, obviously, this is just one part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say this because you're not going to believe that we only have seven minutes left. But I do want to say we were given early on in the teaching um, instruction that you and I needed to go back and study the ancient cultures. We needed to study ancient texts. We needed to study ancient cultures. And that took us very much to kind of the, um, the, Seed of civilization. Mesopotamia. Yeah, Mesopotamia, the, you know, over in the Mediterranean, Egypt, Africa, and, um, oh, God, what's the third one? Uh, is it Asia? Mm-hmm. But, 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 and there you have places like Jerusalem, and there you have places that um, are hugely significant in the spiritual life of this world. And so, um, you know, that, so much of that is the beginnings of language. Mm-hmm. And, it, and in, in so many ways, they're returning us to these very ancient times where I believe that we had a lot of divine assistance and it was a different humanity at that time and there was a different interaction between the cosmos and spiritual world and human beings, you know. And so um, I think that's important because I think that if you're going to do this work, then you need to, you know, there's a lot of works that have come to us since then. Mm-hmm. You know, we discovered um, the Keys of Enoch that you have been working through. That that book, which is truly sacred. Mm-hmm. Enoch was considered to be the first enlightened being, I think, on our planet. Mm-hmm. And um, some other books. I mean, what, what are some of the other books that were given as we went through this process? 
Well, there's Urantia Book, there's Sophia Code, there's um, actually the Silver Wheel. Um, uh, shifting frequencies. Um, so there's books by Patricia Corey. There's books by Jonathan Goldman. Um, a lot of books explaining the bigger picture mm-hmm. of all this, right? Mm-hmm. Way beyond what we would normally be digesting in mm-hmm. in literature. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So to kind of bring this into a grounded level, the the sci-fi cosmic kind of conversation as I look at it this way. The people working at NASA, the scientists there, they work there because they believe there is life out there. They believe there is more than what is here just on this planet. So when you look at, and you know, I've said, we've talked about this a lot, that we believe that science is going to be the um, the champion of spirituality, that it, it's going to get proven um, and it doesn't necessarily have to happen that way for some people, but if this is going to happen. But the scientists are actively doing research and searching the cosmos because they believe there is life out there. So there's a faith component. Whether they ascribe that faith component to God or source or divine, it's another aspect of how it's being expressed. And so to me, that's just like, oh, it's not so woo-woo and out there to begin with. Our culture just doesn't talk about it that way. Yeah, and while we make movies, we make movies that are that are that are box office hits, huge hits. I mean, the Star Wars franchise, Star Trek on the TV, yeah. all the sci-fi novels that are in the bookstore. I mean, it's a huge. And, genre. I, and I don't think it's pure entertainment. I think that a part of our consciousness mm-hmm. taps into this knowing. I mean, I was watching the movie Interstellar last night mm-hmm. with Matthew McConaughey, and um, you know. Somewhere in the human consciousness, this knowing mm-hmm. that this, that where we are here is a blip yeah. of all of the life that is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we only have a couple minutes left, which means that we will be sharing light language on a different show. Yeah, we'll talk about it some more. Yeah, keep, I, keep talking about it. Yeah, keep talking about it. So just, I think, a real quick sharing about if you want to experience light language for yourself, and we encourage you to do so. Don't necessarily take what we're saying as as the be-all of end-all. I mean, that what Kendall said earlier, it's important for you to, um, the visceral knowing is how you will confirm or not for yourself what is true, regardless of what it is you're putting yourself into, what experience you're putting yourself into. So we do have light language sound, Arshan. We have, we hold that every second Saturday here at Lighthouse in Mooresville. That information is on our website where you can come experience light language. Um, we're beginning to travel light language around out into the community, too. Um, and light language also gets shared in, in session, you know, in private session, working with me individually or Kendall and I together. Um, light language can be a part of an energy, an energy healing and energy session. Yes, and we call that combined session the Big Mama. The Big Mama. <laughs> and it's funny because you called it that one day because you needed a name for it, right? No, no, one of our oh. clients called it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And it's just kind of stuck because we didn't know what else to call this session, and it is the Big Mama because it brings everything that she and I offer, you and I offer. It really does. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we are going to keep this conversation going about light language because um, we're working on a book of all our work mm-hmm. regarding this. We are open to anybody that wants to email us 
who is having questions, who is experiencing this phenomenon around the world, um, you can email us at info at lighthousespiritualcenter.com. Um, we certainly want to open up more of a global dialogue and um, be able to visit other places around the world and offer this support. So, um, and we'll be at Shift Charlotte. We'll be at Shift Charlotte offering us a smaller, shorter light language readings with translation. And last year we were so busy we couldn't even um, uh, get in a sandwich. Yep. So, <laughs> so thanks for listening to um, to uh, Spiritual Charlotte this morning. And um, just any questions you have, feel free to uh, also message us on Facebook and join our Facebook community, which is Spiritual Charlotte slash Lake Norman. Thanks for opening a can of worms with me today. <laughs> We'll talk. We'll see all of you. We'll talk to all of you. We'll love on all of you next Wednesday. Bye, everybody.